Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It is a Monday night in Snohomish County. It's time for Prep Sports Weekly right here on KRKO. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits, who joins us in just a minute. Today's show brought to you by the Lake Stevens Ace Hardware Store, Glass by Lund, the Snohomish County PUD, by Dave and Buster's, Everett Engineering, by Marysville Toyota, and by Most Steer Clear from the Washington State Traffic Safety Commission. Here's what's coming up on Prep Sports Weekly for this Monday evening. We'll start with the head coach of the Snohomish Girls tennis team, Joel Boyer. He'll Review the Panthers' recent trip to a prestigious tournament in the Vancouver area. Plus, we'll get a preview of the 2023 Western Conference girls' tennis season that's just now getting underway. Then it's a combination exit interview and meet and greet with the old and new head football coaches at Lakewood High School. We'll bid farewell for now to former head coach Dan Teeter, and we'll welcome new head coach Adam McShane to the Cougar family. That's coming up in segment two. And our third segment features three Everett Silvertips players, although we think of them as professional hockey players. A group of those guys are still in school and attending Everett High School. We'll hear from players Eric Jamison, Cameron Seitzma, and Matthew Paskowitz on the challenges of playing junior hockey and going online to high school as well. This reminder, we'll do it again at the end of the show. Next week's Prep Sports Weekly radio show will be heard immediately following the Western Hockey League playoff game on Monday between the Silver Tips and the Portland Winterhawks. So it'll be about 10 o'clock next Monday night. Prep Sports Weekly will be delayed till after the hockey game. Today's show brought to you by Smoky Point Concrete, the Buzz-In Steakhouse, Community Transit, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, by Screen Printing Northwest, and by Move Fitness. And joining us right now, the head coach for the girls' tennis team at Snohomish High School. He's also a color commentator here on KRKO for high school basketball games. And, oh, by the way, he's also the 2023 champion of our NCAA bracket pool. And he he ran away with the league, and he shut it down and won the thing before the Elite Eight even began. <laughs> but we're going to talk tennis with him right now. Joel Boyer joining us. Joel, how are you today? I'm great, and you know, and, and just every time you remind me that I won our March Madness pool, it just makes it a better day. Even. So thanks for that, I appreciate it. Yeah, well, you know, checks in the mail. Should probably <laughs> probably point out there were only five of us, so you didn't win very much, but uh, nonetheless, you won it, and you won it uh, going away. So congratulations. Well, thank you, thank you. The uh, go go UConn Huskies. <laughs> well, speaking of of uh, tournaments, you just got back from one this weekend, right? And we I'm going to tease it a little bit here too. We're going to get into this in a minute. Tournament all weekend long, and oh, by the way, Snohomish has matches this week. Today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's a busy time to be a uh, Snohomish Panther, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And this is kind of uh, this is this is pretty common for for spring sports, but specifically tennis. I mean, I was talking to one of our other coaches, and they're saying, "Man, by the time we get spring break, we're going to already be halfway through the season. You just things get uh, get scheduled and then get rescheduled, and before you know it, you're playing." Four days in a row. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a busy time, and and for the Panthers, we we had uh, we're supposed to have three matches last week, and one of them got rained out and pushed to, to this week. And um, but then we we took off Friday after school and drove down to Vancouver, and then played Saturday in a uh, in a four four team tournament down there that was hosted by Mountain View High School, and just a great uh, great tournament. Get to play indoors. Uh, all four schools that were in it uh, were 3A schools that had sent kids to state last year, and, and 
returned players, and so uh, it was a pretty it was a pretty loaded field for us to play in. And um, those trips to me are so much more than just playing good matches. They're culture builders for our program and our girls getting to come together as a team. I liked it was in the first two weeks of the season, so we got to see what we have, um, but also just building relationships and camaraderie and just fun inside jokes that happen on long van rides uh it just adds so much to it so um it's it was tiresome sure but you're never going to convince me it's not a great thing so um, as a coach it's it's worth it so snohomish and mountain view who else was there thomas jefferson from federal way area and uh as well as auburn uh auburn riverside so um all all four programs had players at, at the state all right take it back uh mountain view lost in the regionals last year but uh but Make no mistake, they will send someone to state this year. Um, but uh, Thomas Jefferson, Auburn Riverside, Snohomish, which we all had players go to state last year. And, in fact, just kind of the way it was, it was a, a singles and doubles flight in the tournament. <clears throat> um, but we all kind of talked a little bit kind of just through email ahead of time. And and, uh, and so we ended up most of us putting kind of our strength in our in the number one doubles flight since we're kind of looking at, at futuristic things just in, in what's going to happen at the end of the season going postseason. So, um, the the number one double flight was a star-studded field for us, and and uh, um, had a great time. We ended up making the championship of it, and and fell just short of Thomas Jefferson. But uh, but both of us, uh, Andrew Buck and the head coach for TJ and I, were talking. This is exactly why we travel, exactly why we want to play this, because both of us needed that match, and it was super close, super tight, and just created a lot of situations that we don't always get to see in practice, and maybe during the season, but maybe not. Um, so it was. Uh, absolutely a great thing for the Panthers. So uh, this is kind of a mechanical thing, and I've just always wondered about this. You have players that play doubles. You have players that play singles. Sometimes you have singles players play doubles as well. Are there some singles players that just cannot play doubles? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I wondered about yes. that. You know, they, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I coach, I can't do that. Uh, you know, and they sometimes you have some players convince themselves that they can't. And you have to kind of unlock that part of the brain and say, yes, yes, you can, and yes, you're going to some. Um, but you have others just kind of stylistically, um, just kind of their aggressive nature. Um, at Snohomish, we, we coach and preach doubles to be a very aggressive style. Um, and there's certain things that we might give up a little bit, but we're going we're gonna to go attack you and come at you. Um, and there's just some players that don't want to be as aggressive as you'd want them to be. So um, it's not they can't. We practice it a lot of times daily, just through different drills and whatnot. But there are some singles players that you're like, you know, they're just gonna have to play singles because the aggressiveness isn't quite where we want it to be. Um, or stylistically, they just kind of they're a little more of a backboard. They're gonna put a lot of balls in play and, and play you to death, and, and really just grind out those tough wins. But in doubles, it's hard to do that because you keep putting a lot of balls in play. Oftentimes, those get cut off and slam right back at you. So yes, yes, as a good question, Tom. There is. There are certain players you're kind of like, well, yes and no. Hey, I want to go back to something you mentioned a minute ago. It's always it's always nice to talk strategy and results on, on the field or on the court or whatever sport we're talking about. But really, I think one of the things that I enjoy about doing this show is being able to talk about the bigger picture and what high school sports means. You talked about a trip like this and building relationships. Uh, tell us a little bit about the trip in that sense. You already mentioned, you know, there's there's just the chatter on the buses or in the cars and the inside jokes and things like that. But in terms of going down there, were there other activities planned? Is it kind of organically just kind of, you know, the girls are going to have fun once they get there with each other and just kind of stay out of their way or kind of see where things go? Talk a little bit about that part of the trip and maybe some of the things you guys do. 
Yeah, I mean, this trip um, this trip kind of took on a little bit of a different nature in, in, a, in a cool way. Um, two, two of my four assistant coaches came down with us and were in three different vehicles. And, uh, and we had talked about, we always do a, a poster, a team poster, and, and we're able to get some different sponsorships from local businesses in the community and, and get their names out there on our poster. And this is a fundraiser. And so we've been talking about our poster picture this year, and we had a couple of different ideas. And then, uh, and then my assistant coach Ben Doucette, uh said, "Hey, what about if we stop at the state supreme court or at the Capitol building and take a picture there? Maybe, you know, play around with that, you know, the the rulers of the court or something like that." I'm like, "Ah, I love it. Let's do that." <clears throat> and so it went from went from being we'll just stop there and take a picture to battle some traffic on Friday afternoon and, and get down there and um, we just like. The thought was take take one or two pictures and get back in the van and hit the road, and we ended up taking several pictures. But it's just so much fun. I mean, girls. It's one of the reasons why I love coaching girls, and I, I coach on the guys' side as well, and I enjoy them for different reasons too. But girls love to be together, and they love to to spend time together and make memories. And what turned into maybe a five minute photo shoot turned into probably a thirty minute one, and then we ended up, oh, someone's got to go to the bathroom. Let's just see if the Capitol building is open. It was, so we ended up going inside, probably spending another twenty minutes inside just. I think only a couple of them have been to the Capitol building. I had never been, and I've been in a Washington resident my entire life besides college. So it was a lot of fun being together and, and taking pictures. And um, we were hoping we'd run into Jay Inslee, knowing he's a big fan of high school athletics. Unfortunately, that guy just avoided us. But, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but just it was one of those great times, and all the girls were like, that was so fun. And so uh, going back to your question, it, it nixed my, my mall scavenger hunt that I'd spent time this week um, putting together but yeah i was definitely going to have girls in different teams and be able to run around and get different pictures at the mall um respectfully of course appropriately but get different pictures of different things on the scavenger hunt we didn't have time for that so we ended up just going to the hotel checking in and going to eat but just that time together um at red robin and just time at the capitol building it, it changed what we had anticipated and yet we all talked that, that was a highlight so really enjoyed just the time being together and kind of going back to what you're saying too steve we we could have driven down probably Saturday morning, early, early morning, and drove back late, late Saturday night. And I'm like, that sounds like no fun. Um, and so our booster club that we, we raise money all year long, and our booster club is incredibly supportive of us. They said, well, how much your hotel? I'm like, well, I'll be about this. Like, done. Do it. Go enjoy and go have a great opportunity to build uh, lasting memories. So um, our booster club is really the, a hero in this and, and just their willingness to support us. Um, so we, uh, we had a great tournament, a great time. I love it. And you know, the nice thing is, Hey, you're a teacher. You're also a coach. The beauty of what you put together for that scavenger hunt, you can pack it away and use it for another time. Right. So it's oh, not like bet, it's, it's not going to waste. <laughs> no, no, no. That'll be used for something somewhere along the way. Absolutely. Yes. Very cool. And the other thing I was going to ask you too, and I, I won't spend too much time on this, but you, you already answered my question, but I'll keep kind of going with it. It was an indoor tournament. And that's the other thing mm-hmm. about planning things in March in the Pacific Northwest, you want to create experiences for your teams, whether it's girls' tennis or baseball or whatever it might be. But to schedule a trip three hours out for a sport that does get rained out would have been a little challenging. Is that why you, one of the reasons why you chose this tournament, indoor tournament, obviously? Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. I mean, this is a tournament that you can't – if you're not doing it indoors, I mean, you can't ask people from far away to come to it. And um, Nick Frost is the head coach of Mountain. We've become very, very close friends over the last – Oh, probably eight, 10 years. And, um, just really appreciate him and what he does. And we actually went to this tournament, my first year as a head coach, five, five, 
five years ago um, and had a great experience there. Um, and then we're planning on going back the following year, and COVID happened, so we got nixed on that and then didn't, weren't allowed to travel for a year. And then last year, um, so we actually hosted it. Snohomish did. We went indoors in Redmond at Goran Tennis Center and, and hosted a four-team tournament, had Mountain View come up to it. We had Southridge from, uh, from the Tri-Cities come to it and then Bothell, and had an incredible tournament there, a great time. And then this year was trying to put together again. It was just kind of running into some just, just some struggles with the indoor clubs, just with their scheduling and, and just being so popular with tennis and, and just what they're able to provide. And so Nick said, well, hey, what about, what about if I host it again? Will you guys come to it? I said, absolutely. So um, Mountain View is a very strong program, as is all the other schools I've mentioned. But, um, but Mountain View is known, which we've become kind of, kind of very close-knit programs. And we'd like, hey, if you're hosting, we'll come to it. If we host, they're going to come to it. So uh, we just love having that camaraderie um, with an out-of-town program. But, uh, but absolutely, Steve, you've got to go indoors because if you're going to ask people to come from a ways, a ways away, you can't just cancel it the day before and then reschedule it for the following weekend, obviously. So um, it, it makes logistically a little difficult, but, uh, but it's worth it. Yeah, it sounds like a great weekend, and you've got a big week coming up. We should mention, too, Snohomish, along with a lot of the other school districts in the area, this is the final week before spring break. You guys aren't exactly easing into it, which I guess is a good thing, too, because you don't want to really play during spring break and give the kids some time to get away. you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four matches in four days like uh, we kind of mentioned earlier, one of which, the fourth match, is against Redmond. So you're making a little bit of a road trip there. Talk about the upcoming week. And does this allow you also maybe when you have four, three of these are, are conference, obviously, which doesn't mean as much. Obviously, you're trying to get the girls ready to go for districts and whatnot, but does this enable you to maybe change your rotation a little bit? Do you maybe give somebody a day off that maybe otherwise wouldn't have and let somebody else get a match in? Or does that really not change anything with four games? Yeah, no, those are great questions and whatnot. Uh, one, only one of them is a, a league match in that we play. Uh, oh, you guys do north-south. I forgot about that. Yeah, north-south yeah. north, north south for 3A. So, um, but what, like you said, they're conference opponents. So they're people you're going to see when you get to the district tournament. Um, so we absolutely, I, I go out of my way to make sure we're playing those top teams in the South so we, we get a read on them. Now, a lot of us um, kind of know each other's kids, and, and, and having my daughter in the program, we she's hitting a lot of times at, at the different clubs. I mean, I would say Shorewood is a is probably the, the they're the top program in, in the conference right now. They're just loaded with talent upon talent. Um, and so we know a lot of those kids from, from, from our kids hitting the club with them. And I'd say they're some of our our, our our, our kids' are closest friends. I mean, they love hitting with each other, so um, it's going to be an exciting match to play them just because those are great kids that we um, that we get to invest in other programs and, and with our, our summer tournaments that we run and, and whatnot, you get to see those kids. So it's just encouraging a lot of fun with it, but we play uh, home on Monday against Evans Woodway. Um, Paige Oliver is one of the top players in the conference. She's a senior heading to Whitworth next year to play. She is going to be a force to deal with, um, but uh, she's also one of my favorite people to be around. So I just really appreciate her perspective and just who she is as a person. So uh, it's hard when you're coaching against those people that, you know, obviously you're a Panther and you're a coach, um, but you love seeing those kids be successful as well. So um, it'll be a fun match for us and for Emerson Norris. Our number one has known Paige for years and they play each other for years. So it's going to be just another one on a long list of, of great matches. Um we, uh, just my personality as a coach, my, my preferred um, kind of philosophy, I don't love changing my lineup too much unless it's predicated upon challenge matches that, that, that the girls determine that change in the lineup. Um, 
but you know, there's there's certain matches um, that aren't quite. Um, you know, in the tennis world, there's a lot of haves and have-nots. I think that goes for most sports, a lot of sports. Um, so there's sometimes when you have certain situations that, gosh, maybe that's a team that just doesn't quite. They're they're rebuilding right now, and they just maybe don't have quite the firepower that that we might have. We might look at doing something like that to try to get some some kids who are working their tails off lower on our lineup, get them a chance to play a, a varsity county match, um, and kind of put themselves in a chance to maybe the letter at the end of the season. So. Yeah, we might look at some of that along the way, um, but mostly, mostly not. I mean, we're still early in the first half of the season here. We're going to be, we're still trying to gel and find our way and, and find what our best lineups are, and um, so we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it pretty straight up for most of these matches. Um, but yeah, we're, we're on the road at, at Kellogg Middle School versus Shorecrest High School. Um, they have a beautiful setup at Kellogg Middle School. Only six courts, though, so it makes the night go a little bit longer for us. Um, and then we're. At Marysville Pilchuck, at Tota Middle School, another one of those is having the site to play at. And then uh, and that's our first league match of the season. And then we go on the road at Redmond, like you said. And um, No previous relationship with Redmond. Um, just trying to find great competition for us and knowing Kinko's are just to the south, next closest, and looked. And I knew that they had a, a really tough player finish fourth in state last year. And uh, when I scheduled it, Steve and Tom, I didn't know she was a sophomore last year getting fourth in state. So that's <laughs> That's going to be an exciting match for us, too. And just in chatting with him, we just, just emailed him and kind of cold called him, and we, we chatted back and forth. And he said, this sounds like a great thing for us and for both programs. And um, But I know they return a lot of players off last year's team that did really, really well. So um, they played Jackson earlier this year, and Jackson's one of the top 4A schools in our area. And uh, Redmond beat Jackson 4-3, so really tight. So that gave me a little bit of a scout on it, but – Besides what I've just told you in the last five sentences, I don't know a whole lot more besides they're a really good program. They're loaded. so um, But I'd rather go play teams that are loaded and, and, and force us to have to deal with some maybe some adversity. Um, it makes us stronger in the long run. So if you lose a match, that's fine. As long as you learn from it, that's perfect. So that's what we're trying to go for. Well, You mentioned Emerson being your number one player. I'm sure she's real happy this week. You give her Paige Oliver today on Monday and then on – Thursday, you're giving her the girl who finished fourth in state last year. So, yeah, she she had a comment for me last week, and I said, you know, it's just really good getting to play all these top flight programs. And she's like, yeah, it really is great, isn't it? And I was like, hey, now, and she's like, I know, it makes me better, but she's like, oh. so. And and Emerson's a perfect example of last week. I mean, her first three matches, she had a really tough match against a just a oh my goodness, a, a girl that has had a couple of wrist surgeries for Lake Washington and hasn't played the last couple of years, and then played again and uh it won't shock me if she's in the quarterfinals semifinals of state um if she goes in singles not sure what they're quite going to do um but emerson played an incredibly great match lost one and two six one six two and she played it so well and she plays against chloe lee for camiac who's another top five player who got a, a win at the state tournament last year um and emerson lost her six one six four but a really really great match i was really proud of the way she played and she did what we talked about what we've been working on and I said, you sometimes don't get rewarded for how you're playing because you're playing such great opponents. She turned around and played against Glacier Peak and played the exact same way and went 6-0, 6-0 and had a really great win. I said, you've played the same and you've played just as well all three matches. You're one and two, but you're playing the right way and you're doing the things we want you to do to be successful. So she's a junior now. She understands that. She's had such great uh, just mental strength and understanding, yes, wins and losses are frustrating, but at the same time, I'm learning as we go. And so that's something we're just trying to instill in all of our kids, all of our players. Um, Emerson and then uh, our number two, Hannah, uh, just have a great hitting relationship with each other, and they're very close friends off the court. They really push each other every day in practice. Um, 
usually friendly, sometimes feisty, um, but I'll take that. And they they understand that pushing each other, iron sharpens iron, so it's great for the Panthers. Okay, give us the rest of your team uh, rundown here, just your, your your individual players as well as your double players. Yeah, yeah, we go – uh, we go Emerson and Hannah, and they went together to the state tournament last year in doubles, and uh, we'll see about that. That's definitely on the table, probably my, my leading thought, but we'll see as the season goes. Um, we have Lily Westman, a senior, playing third singles. who She played that for us last year as well and did a great job. And, uh, made it to the championship of, the, of this, this weekend's tournament. Um, fell short to an extremely good player for Mountain View. Um, Lily did a great job, exactly what we asked for her to do. We round out with Lauren Ellis. Uh, a junior in singles. We go uh, freshman Mac Dower and, and junior Bree Ulrich at one doubles, and they're growing and growing and growing together as a pair. And um, have exciting plans for them coming up. See if they can continue this and how long we go. Um, then we go uh, senior Meg Lesh and uh, junior Lucy Danicek at two doubles. Just love their their spirit. They're so positive each other. They're such great teammates with everybody. Um, and then at number three we go. Um, Hannah Hastings wasn't able to make the trip. She's a sophomore, as well as Brooklyn Lewis, uh, a junior. And we kind of have – we're kind of looking – we have 12 players of ours, a little bit smaller this year. Um, so rounding out, we have two more sophomores, Eva Martin-Uke, as well as Kinley Allen. Um, so we're just kind of filtering through, trying to find what our best combinations are still. Um, but uh, but really proud of all those 12. They're just working so hard and had a great weekend. So. And then finally, give us a few names of other players around Wesco. Who are we? You mentioned Paige Oliver, who's on her way to Whitworth. Who are the other top players? Maybe Wesco three A and four A combined. Yeah, uh, the the conversation starts and stops with Jackson Kamiak this year. They're just loaded. Um, Kamiak's as deep as, as I've seen him in years. They actually they actually edged us uh, edged us in our dual meet um, uh, last week, and Chloe Lee is really the the one that kind of gets things going for them. Uh, for Jackson, I'd say Isha Handa. She, um, she's kind of played in her sister's shadow a little bit, but now who's graduated. And so Isha's played number one for him. She went to state doubles last year. She's another great player for him. Uh, 3A wise, yeah, Paige Oliver, obviously a great player. I'm really excited about her moving on to Whitworth. That'll be great for her next year. Um, but, uh, Riley Getman for Shorewood. She's a sophomore this year. Uh, she placed at state last year, eight. Really, really incredibly proud of that girl. Uh, Emily Lynn is playing number two for Shorewood, uh, and she and Riley just go head to head against each other. They're such close friends; they really, they really sharpen each other. They play basketball together for Shorewood. They, um, they both play tennis, obviously. And so Emily's playing two, yet she's good enough to play one for probably everybody else in the league. Um, but she and Riley just go head to head. I can only imagine what practice looks like for those guys. Um, but they are they're the top two from Shorewood, and Shorewood goes they go about eight or nine deep. It's incredible how good they and talented they are with Lindsey Rand and Sophia Sarewold and um, the two Emmas that, that played doubles together last year, and I think they're playing together again this year. Um, just a really deep program uh, for Shorewood as well. Joel Boyer, always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for educating us not only about Wesco but about your own team, and uh, loved hearing about the experiences for your, the Panthers this weekend. And it sounds like a fun season already. And Wishing you and the rest of the team success all the way through. Hey, as long as it stays dry, we're going to have a great one. So we'll keep it up. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate all you guys do for us for, for high school athletics, too. Thanks a lot. There you go. That is Joel Boyer from Snohomish. When we come back, we'll talk some Lakewood High School football. The old coach, Dan Teeter. The new coach, Adam McShane. 
Lakewood Cougar football coming up next right here on Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. Snohomish PUD has been energizing life in our communities for over 70 years. That's why your PUD is a proud supporter of broadcasting Western Conference High School athletics in our community. Congratulations to our local student-athletes for excelling in sports and academics. Your PUD offers several ways to help you save energy and lower your bill. The PUD offers instant rebates on energy-saving home improvements and special low prices on efficient home products. Check out snopud.com or visit marketplace.snopud.com for ways to save. The first impression is the most important, so trust your first impression to Screen Printing Northwest. Get your logo embroidered on a shirt or hat. Make a statement with custom screen-printed shirts and hoodies for your business, school, or event. And relax knowing that your first impression is in the hands of the area's experts for a quarter century. Screen Printing Northwest in downtown Everett. Online at ScreenPrintingNW.com. That's ScreenPrintingNW.com. Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance knows that good coverage counts. Whether you're running through the defense to the end zone, finding a good position for the game-winning three-pointer, or if the neighbors need to refine their fastball. And here comes the pitch. Oh, sorry. Coverage is important. Call Mike Dixon to find out what coverage is best for you, and pretty soon you'll be Stixon with Dixon. That's Mike Dixon with Farmers Insurance in Old Town Local TO. Call 425-375-0860 today because coverage counts. Timeout. Oh, right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the WIAA and the Washington Secondary School Athletic Administrators Association. Glass by Lund, serving the greater Puget Sound area since 1967 with quality work, exceptional service, and fair pricing. It's their honest reputation that has placed Glass by Lund among the top-rated glass companies in the area for quality based on customer satisfaction. So the next time you're in need of window repair or replacement, shower doors, mirrors, deck railings, residential or commercial, why not call the place that has glass in their name? Glass by Lund. To schedule your free estimate, go to glassbylund.com. Building communities. That's a specialty of Smoky Point Concrete, and they're looking for some new people who share their vision. Smoky Point Concrete and Skagit ReadyMix are hiring CDL drivers and non-drivers to grow the business and continue a proud tradition. Contact Smoky Point Concrete for more information. Growing a team, building a community. Smoky Point Concrete, an equal opportunity employer. Contact Smoky Point Concrete for more information. Hi, my name is Haley. I've been working with Move Fitness for a year now and already advanced into a district manager position. My name's Aaron. I started off as a trainer and I built my way up into management and now this is a career for me. I love it here. When I come to work every morning, I'm excited to start the day. I can't imagine working anywhere else. I work here to inspire others to achieve their goals. You want to work for a company that cares? Move Fitness is the place for you. To learn more, go to movefitness.com. That's muvfitness.com. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Monday night. Tom Lafferty 
along with Steve Willits. So a changing of the guard, Steve, up at Lakewood. Yeah, and um, some big shoes to fill. And I think they've, it sounds like they've got a good one coming in, but certainly uh, selfishly one that I'm not looking forward to us losing just because he's uh, he's meant a lot to the football community as well as others in, in his own community and through sports in general. Lakewood High School announcing recently that uh, – Adam McShane is the new football coach there. Dan Teeter, who had been the coach for 17 years, stepping down. And we've got both of them on the phone right now. First of all, before we meet the new coach, I want to bring Dan on here. Uh, Dan, congratulations on everything you've accomplished at that school and for what you've done to the community. Uh, certainly what things that we maybe we don't talk about sometimes in interviews. And, and I'll just say it, I've had numerous conversations about you with other coaches and people in the community or Maybe conversations that weren't meant to be Dan Teeter conversations, but as we start to talk about things in tournaments and and the way things are going in terms of at the football association level, and I don't think there's a person in this state that's involved with football that has a bad thing to say about you, and that's not always the case in sports. And we've been looking. And we, yeah, right. So, <laughs> so Dan, congratulations on everything, and uh, certainly wishing you all the best. Uh, having said that, uh, what brought this decision on? Well, first of all, thank you so much, and it's just been a total honor and pleasure to uh, to get to know you guys and, and to work and serve in the Lakewood community and, and for the football coaches in the state in general. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it was kind of a twofold thing, and I, I kind of shared out um, when I posted on Twitter and Facebook uh, what my thoughts were, and, and really it comes down to, um, you know, I've got a daughter who's a junior in college and another one who's a junior in high school, and... Um, and I think to do football right, it's really it's, it's a year-round passion, right? And it takes so much of your time, even in the off-season. And uh, I only have two years left with, uh, you know, a house of four, uh, guaranteed. And so my wife and I had talked about it, and we'd kind of talked about it a little bit coming into this last season. And, and uh, I just felt uh, it was time to prioritize uh, my kids, my my daughters have never really been interested in sports or anything, so you know they support and hope. Hey, I hope your team wins, Dad. But uh, it's not really been a family thing for them. So um, really, it's an opportunity to to spend a couple of good summers with them. And and uh, you know, just uh, a few weeks ago, we had Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and and my wife and youngest daughter and I drove across to Spokane and spent the weekend with my daughter over at Whitworth. And my wife and I were talking and said, you know, we couldn't have done that before because. Even though it's January, I'd have had the weight room after, uh, open after school on Friday, and I'd have had it open on Monday for the kids to be there, and I just couldn't have taken the weekend away. So, so that's really the first reason. Uh, and then the second reason was um, I just was kind of hitting a little bit of that burnout point where um, I've been doing it for a long time uh, and putting everything I had into it. And, and I think COVID maybe played into it a little bit, um, like you said, kind of being involved in the Coaches Association um, there was a lot in the background behind the scenes where the Coaches Association was really pushing to try and make sports happen and so forth, and a, a lot of energy that went there. And, uh, you know, I just kind of needed a break. Um, so that's, that's the two reasons why I stepped aside. Well, 95 wins over 17 seasons, four conference titles, three state berths. You, you've uh, ran the Coaches Association, I think, for a number of years. You started a seven-on-seven championship passing tournament where – Teams from all over the state have attended this, and we always get rave reviews about that. When you kind of sit back now and you look back over the last 17 years, is there one or two things in particular that you're uh, that mean the most to you, or that you're taking away from your, this experience and thinking, "Wow, that's uh, something I didn't see coming," or maybe that I, you know, maybe you're most proud of? Is there is there a couple of things there that you think of? Uh, so I guess on the competition side of things, you know, my first four years, we were 10 and 30. Uh, I thought I was going to get fired after my fourth year. So 
it, it took a while to get things turned around and uh, to finish up 20 games over 500 when I was started 20 games under in four years. Um, you know, the last well, probably 13 years we went 40 games over 500. So I'm I'm proud of the work that uh, my staff and the kids put in to make that turn in the program, uh, building the program from you know. 30-some kids when I first showed up to, to regularly being 60, 70, 80-plus kids. Um, so, uh, and then being the first team in the conference to have ever beaten Archbishop Murphy was huge for us. Uh, and then, you know, actually beating them more than they beat us by the end was, was uh, accomplishments on the field. Uh, but really those all pale in comparison to the relationships, um, relationships with players, relationships with my staff, with community members, um, and trying to, to build men of high character, uh, and uh, how do you face tough times, and, and how do you become somebody who can push through those things. So really the character development and the relationships, um, you know, getting a chance to see kids move on and become, you know, dads. And uh, you know, some kids, also we had 20-plus kids uh, in the last, you know, 15 years that have gone on to play college football, and some of those changed their lives with the education they got. Um, so those are the things, really, that I'm most proud of is the, the impact that we've had on the community and the relationships. Well, and help us, before we bring this next gentleman on to talk, help us look forward here. You were part of the hiring committee for this. Uh, what were you looking for in a replacement coach? And maybe help us to understand what it was that uh, Andy McShane brought to the table that you're most looking forward to in being your, uh, your successor. Yeah, you know, um, I really was thankful to be allowed to be part of the committee that got to, to interview Adam and uh, as well as the other candidates. And uh, anytime as a head coach, when I was looking for any assistance, uh, football knowledge came second to me. I wanted to have somebody who was a man of high character that was that cared about kids first and uh, figured, you know, we can always teach them the football part of it. Now, I was fortunate enough to have uh, assistants that were football junkies as well, but they cared about kids first. Um, and, you know, we had uh, good candidates, uh, and, and one of my good friends, longtime D coordinator, was one of those guys, so we knew we were going to have a, a great guy in that position uh, one way or the other. And, and um, so, uh, you know, the committee uh, went with Adam, and uh, he's a little bit younger, um, but sometimes that, that youth and exuberance is, you know, it's a good fresh uh, kickstart to things. And uh, the energy that I had found myself lacking uh, with a little bit of the burnout, I think Adam's going to bring that uh, in spades. And uh, I've been super impressed uh, after the interview committee uh, and just getting to know Adam a little bit. Um, he definitely is a guy with visions of having a program run with character. Um, he's coming in with humility and looking to keep on uh, the vast majority of the staff that I had there uh, and, and trusting them to have real big roles. Um, so I think we're going to keep a lot of the uh, continuity we've had for a long time and uh, have a little fresh twist on it, uh, make it Adams. And, uh, you know, the, the things that I really checked into, you know, knowing some coaches around the state and, and uh, knowing some of the college coaches that Adam played with, really the big thing I want to know is what's the character like. And everybody that I've talked to and every interaction I've had with Adam uh, has spoke very strongly to his desire to, to continue building young men of high character. So that impressed me the most. Well, let's meet him right now. Adam McShane, you're on the phone here. First of all, congratulations on getting the new job. Uh, big shoes to fill, but it certainly sounds like uh, a lot of praise is being heaped on you already. So uh, congratulations and welcome to town. Thank you so much. I couldn't be more excited. I mean, I'm so blessed to have this opportunity. And, um, you know, hearing the incredible things that Coach Teeter did, you know, you're right, huge shoes to fill. 
um, and uh, I hope I can one day maybe make a similar impact. Well, and I'm looking at some of the things in your bio here. Some I found in the Herald, and some I actually did a little intel on my own. I've got a connection down there at White River, but uh, I, I know you were you were born in here in Everett, so uh, we're right here downtown right now. And you're a graduate of Blaine, but I also found out uh, through the grapevine, and you correct me if I got this right here, I think mom is a graduate of Marysville Pilchuck, dad a graduate of Cascade, is that correct? Yes, that is correct, yes. Okay, so tell me. Um, and actually both, oh, go ahead. both my grandparents went to Everett as well, and uh, they were in school with Mike Price back in the day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, big, uh, uh, big connection to Snohomish County. Um, and I uh, just couldn't be more excited to be there. Well, you just want us over with that right there, too. So tell us a little bit about going from being born in Everett to graduating in Blaine. Did you spend some time in Snohomish County from in the early days, or were you a, were you a borderite uh, from the get-go? No, actually, I, I had the experience where I moved around a lot as a kid. Uh, my dad worked for the government. Uh, so actually, I lived in Marysville till we were, or I was about six, and then we went to Alaska. Spent two years in Alaska. And then we moved to Yuma, Arizona. We lived in Yuma, Arizona. I really fell in love with football. Um, I was a ball boy from fourth grade to eighth grade for a really successful program down there run by Rhett Stallworth, Yuma Catholic High School. Um, And then uh, some government funding changes led my dad to get laid off, and we ended up in the Bellingham area, and I ended up at Blaine High School playing for Jay Dodd for four years. So a lot lot of football, a lot of experiences there. Talk about playing football up there and what it means to a community. We we talk about some of the cities up there and, and football here in District 1 from time to time, but we don't really get to experience it here the way that somebody like yourself did. I know certainly we've got some great football stories in some towns around here, but up there it's kind of a different story, isn't it? Absolutely. It's very different. You know, I think football is the center of the community, um, especially in, in a school like Blaine, right? And, um, I mean, you, you hear about the legends. You know, uh, Kurt Cramey played at Blaine. Um, I was blessed to play with, you know, the probably the best running back in maybe state history, depending on who you ask, with Mario Gabato. Um, and, uh, you know, just football is so important up there. I call the Northwest Conference the SEC of football <laughs> in Washington State, right? Like, I don't care if it's 2A or 3A or whatever you're playing. If you play up north, right, you're playing the, the best teams in the state. Um, and uh, it just it means more. Um, and, you know, I've been in the SPSL now for a couple of years. I mean, football's just not treated uh, the same, and so I'm so excited to move back north and be a part of that. Well, and I do want to talk about your coaching background and your experiences too, but I, I want to kind of get to your college experience first, and not knowing wh- where you're going to take me with this answer, I, I kind of want to preface it by telling a quick story here, and I have a feeling it's going to play in some way, shape, or form to what you're doing now in, in terms of being a coach and, and working with young men. Uh, probably about 15 years ago, I, I got to go to a PLU football game, I had some guys that were playing on the team at the time that were working for me, so they kept telling me come out to watch a game and whatnot. And the last game of the regular season, didn't really know much about Scott Westering, the head coach, other than I knew that his dad was Frosty Westering, the legendary coach at PLU. So I watched the game. PLU gets beat by probably 30 points. It was like 60 to 30. It was a shootout, but it, PLU came out on the wrong side of it. After the game coach takes all the players over to the the end zone and gathers them around and starts talking to them and I'm kind of waiting around in the stands and suddenly somebody opened up a gate and we all got to kind of slowly flow out onto the field and kind of wait for the players and whatnot and I kind of went over by where coach was talking to them and I wanted to eavesdrop a little bit I was expecting a coach to be chewing out these guys for losing and giving up 60 points and I thought this is probably not a great speech and I'm sure he's probably you know everybody's kind of holding their heads down what I came away with was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in sports. Um, 
Coach Westering was telling these kids how proud of them he was, how much they have grown as men and what that's meant to him and how everything that they've done away from the field is going to, you know, determine who they are for the rest of their lives. And I think at the end of the speech, he even mentioned how he would be proud to have each and every one of them as his son or to be part of his family. And, and I just, my jaw dropped open. I just thought this is a guy who I would run through a wall for. And, and he's a coach who consequently, a lot of the guys who I knew at the time that were playing for him went on to coaching themselves. And I want to talk about that a little bit. What did Scott Westering or maybe that PLU experience have to do with molding you into who you are? And was that what you were expecting when you went to play at PLU? Yeah. Wow. That is a great question. So, um, uh, that has a, a ton to do with, with who I am and how I approach coaching. Um, I will say, you know, like you said, that kind of afterglow um, is, is probably what Scott would have called that, you know, having everybody together and talking about how proud of, of them he is, you know, that's something that we experienced a lot, right? And he's proud of the way you compete um, and proud of the, the person that you are because winning isn't within your control, right? Like we can do a lot of things, uh, but we don't control whether we win or we lose. Um, and, you know, that the, the way that the Westerns talked about it um, in the order of, you know, priority, faith, family, and football, with football always coming third. Um, and, you know, so I, once you learned that and saw how successful they were, you know, from 1972 to 2019, um, it's huge to, to think about, like, hey, football was their third priority, um, which means building young men has to be priority number one. Um, and so that, that absolutely impacts the way I think about coaching. Uh, was it the experience I thought I was going to get? No. Um, actually, I spent my freshman year at Concordia University in Nebraska, um, and I, I took a football scholarship out there to go play for an NAIA team, um, and I just didn't love the culture. Um, and so when I was there, I reached back out to Judd Kime, who's still at PLU, um, and he kind of helped get me back and organize everything so I could you know, be closer to home. Um, and that was my first priority, but when I got there, I was opened you know, to the idea of like, whoa, like this is more than football. This is about life. Um, and like I said, you know, the, the success they had, um, even on the, you know, 1999 national championship team, when we heard those guys talk, who some of those are my coaches, right, they never talked about, you know, how good of a football team they were. They talked about the brotherhood that, that existed. Um, and that's, you know, what I think has to be the priority <clears throat> on a football team. Well, and I think for me, part of what I saw in Scott Westerning and, and PLU that day, I feel like I see a lot of that with Dan Teeter's programs up at Lakewood. Did that factor into maybe – you taking that job and wanting to be up there, or maybe a better way to put it, it is it kind of the, the program that you foresee yourself maybe having? Are there a lot of similarities in what you want to do up there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when that position opened, one, I was shocked, right? And, and I was like, wow, you know, who, who's going to be the poor sucker that has to fill in there, right? Because, like, <laughs> there's no way they can ever – well, it ended up being me, right? But, um, no, I was so excited, right? The solid foundation, right? A character-first program is hard to find in this state. Um, and then beyond that, right, a character-first program that – have the success that, that Dan and his staff has had, right? So when you take over a program, a lot of times, I think I said, you probably read this in the paper, right? It's like stripping it down to the studs, right? But this, I think of it more as like a remodel, right? We're going to do some different things, right? But, but ultimately the focus is going to be the same. Um, and so I, I'm actually incredibly blessed, you know, to, to, to take over the program. Um, and uh, like, I mean, yeah, it was a huge factor in taking the job. Not only the fact is it, you know, in the SEC of football, right? But they are used to the character first program and they're used to, you know, having character lessons and um, the community loves it. And I think that's a pretty unique spot to be. 
uh, assistant coach at White River High School down south. I think I also read here through a friend of mine that head coach at Glacier Middle School as well. So a little bit of head coaching experience, but at a different level. So what what do you bring to this job that you're most looking forward to? And what did maybe some of those experiences, what have you gained from them in your, your short time? Yeah, gosh, man. My time at White River, I, I've worked with, you know, some uh, incredible kids, right? And just learning how to teach football um, to, you know, high schoolers. Um, but then also where, what I learned the most is how to design like a successful weight program. Um, and then, you know, learning from Coach Kenny Perrone on how to game plan throughout the week um, and how to focus again on those things that you can control as a coach. What I bring, I think, from the middle school level is really that, like, ability to teach any level athlete, right? We're teaching uh, 7th graders the same thing that we're teaching 12th graders. We just have to, you know, use a little bit different language and maybe a little bit different way. Um, and and I think I bring that unique perspective of, of being able to teach things in the simplest form and then build on them, you know, to the varsity level. Um, and that also has to do a lot with my background as a special education teacher, right, and just finding ways to uh, work with kids at an individual level to make them as successful as possible. And, Dan, from your standpoint, you started that uh, passing camp. Uh, it's been going on now for – or passing tournament, I should say, the 7-on-7, seven seven, which is a great event up there. Uh, I was wondering what was going to happen to that when I heard you were stepping down. It sounds like Adam's going to keep it going. What does that mean to you? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a situation where – we're pretty proud of what, what we've developed there. And, and again, that's so much um, uh, goes to the community that has helped us put that on. From the Snohomish County Football Officials Association and Steve Jensen putting together officials for us for that. And uh, Don Taylor has been our director of football operations and, and sets up volunteers and all that stuff. So a lot of work that has gone into it. And it, now it's kind of just, it runs itself. We just kind of have to keep it going. And, uh, to hear Adam ask to see if we can keep that going was was exciting, and uh, so it allows me to keep my uh, my foot in the door a little bit and help out with the program that way because I'm going to help him a little bit with that tournament too. So um, it's it's fun, it's exciting, it's a way to connect with coaches from all around the state, see people compete, uh, and you know, two A we don't always get to play those four A schools. Um, last year, you know, our championship game had the. Uh, Lake Stevens Kennedy matchup that ended up being the state championship game. So it's a great tournament. Love doing it, and I was excited to uh, to say yes when Adam asked if we could keep doing that. And one other thing I wanted to talk about, maybe Coach I'll, Teeter, I'll ask you first, and then Adam can kind of speak to it. I've got to think, Dan. Obviously, when you know you're stepping away, you want to give that new coach a little bit of leeway in, in their own space. But I'm sure at the same time, you've been doing this for a long time. You had a lot of assistant coaches that have been with you for quite a while. He's uh, chosen to keep some of these guys around, too, it sounds like. So what does that mean for you? Uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, uh, again, one of the hardest parts of stepping away is those relationships and, and uh, with players. But my staff, I've been with that staff, most of those guys, for well over a decade. And they're good friends of mine. Um, they care for kids. They know the game of football. Uh, and they want to stay involved. So to see them have that opportunity with Adam, I'm excited for them. And, I, you know, I think it speaks so well to Adam that he's – He's a guy who's coming in, and he has his own ideas, yet he at the same time values other people and wants to see how they can continue to add to uh, a value. Um, so I'm excited that those guys get to keep going and, and excited for some guys who may be in my program because I ran the offense, and now somebody new is going to get to do that. And uh, I'm excited to see those guys get their chance to do that. So um, I'm really, you know, I couldn't be happier than to kind of sit back and, kind of like a proud dad in a way, step back and watch where they take it from here. So, 
I have a feeling you're going to be uh, watching quite a few of those games, too. You're not somebody who's just going to fade away. So that should be fun for you. It will be. And, and Adam, I guess just to kind of finish that off, too, uh, kind of nice to have some of that experience around and maybe some, some guys who are already acclimated to the community and certainly speaks a lot to you to uh, to not be too threatened by that, but at the same time knowing that you've got a lot of help. So uh, was it an easy decision for you to keep a lot of those those coaches around? Absolutely, yeah. I mean – um, I think Coach hit the nail on the head when he talks about relationships, right? Like, one, you know, I knew um, how difficult of an experience it was for me at PLU when uh, I was I was at the end of the Western era going into the Brandon McAdams era as a senior. And so I lost most of my coaches, and that was not something I wanted um, our players to experience. Uh, so I, I was lucky enough to be able to meet with Coach Robbins, uh, Coach Kahn, Coach Carlson, Coach Taylor, and Coach Cruz, and even uh, Coach Jared Jones, and really just let them know, like, hey, if you care about kids and you know a little bit about football, um, I, I want to have you, and, and let's learn, you know, to work together. Uh, and because at the end of the day, it's all about kids. Um, and uh, it's been so exciting to, to have all of them return. Um, and, you know, I mean, Coach Robbins, Con, and Carlson, I think I did the math. They add up to, like, 48 years of football experience, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I couldn't be more excited to have those guys join me. And Coach Taylor, who's, who's done a ton, is kind of our director of football operations. And the Coach Cruz brings so much energy. Uh, it, it's going to be great. And then, you know, Coach Teeter, yes, he is stepping away. I'm going to try not to bug him too much, right, but he knows how these things work. So having him maybe as, as a guide is going to be huge. Well, I think it sounds like a nice transition for, for both parties. So congratulations to both of you. Dan, again, thanks so much for everything. And I have a feeling we, uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch with you, so you won't be a complete stranger. But certainly congratulate you again. And Adam, congratulations on getting the job. And looking forward to seeing if you can uh, keep things going on up there at Lakewood. I have a feeling you will. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you guys. There you go. The former head coach of the Lakewood Cougars, Dan Teeter, and the new head coach, of the Lakewood Cougars, Adam McShane. When we come back, we'll meet three Everett Silvertips players who also happen to be high school students. Prep Sports Weekly continues right here on KRKO. Working with your own two hands to keep the industries in the Pacific Northwest moving forward. It's possible at Everett Engineering, machining and fabrication services to make new and replacement parts for all industries. Everett Engineering supports the people, keeps the Puget Sound area growing, and now we're growing too. If you've got experience as a manual machinist, CNC programmer, or you're just interested in starting a career, find employment opportunities opportunities and benefits at everettengineering.com. Equal opportunity employer. Again, everettengineering.com. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-0842. Switch to Astound Broadband for our most amazing deal ever. Starting at just $25 a month, All In gets you speeds faster than a gig, unlimited data, and equipment with no hidden fees. Don't settle for cell phone internet for your home. Sign up for reliable, number one rated internet at Astound.com, one of our locations, or by calling us and lock in your savings for two years when you go All In with Astound. Internet download speeds may vary and are not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. Visit Astound.com for more deals and details. 
Tired of doing battle in the kitchen every night? Time to surrender and take the family to the Buzz Inn Steakhouse. The Buzz Inn is open for indoor dining with mouth-watering hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. Relax while the Buzz Inn takes on the hazardous cleanup duty. And with nine locations, there's a Buzz Inn near you. Check out the menu ahead of time at buzzinsteakhouse.com. Dine in or take out the Buzz Inn Steakhouse, where you always get a great deal on a great meal. When you need to get a screwdriver fast for that one weird screw, Ace is the place. When you want to get that luxury riding lawnmower you've been researching for months, Ace is the place. And for everything in between, Ace is the place. Ace Hardware is where convenience meets quality. And when you shop at the Ace Hardware in Lake Stevens, you're shopping at an Eaglestad Ace Hardware. Locally owned by Christine Eaglestad. She lives here. Her kids went to school here. She's dedicated to the Lake Stevens community. So the next time you find a weird screw, or when it's time to get that riding mower, stop in to your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware in Lake Stevens. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite basketball team at Dave & Buster's at the Elderwood Mall in Linwood? They have massive HD TVs and hundreds of the hottest games. Game days are the best at Dave & Buster's. How can you say no to great food, drinks, games, and sports all at once? It is March, and that means basketball. They show every tournament game, every buzzer beater, and every slam dunk, where you can watch the games and play the games. Get more ding, ding, ding at Dave & Buster's at the Elderwood Mall. Welcome back to Prep Sports Weekly. Changing it up a little bit right now. Going to talk a little Everett Silver Tips. A lot of folks around the area here know about the hockey team. They've gone to games. They've watched these guys play. What a lot of people don't know is that the majority of these guys are at the high school age, some of which are, are with me right now, and uh, to talk about their experiences and what it's like to play for the Silver Tips while also trying to get an education. I'm going to have you guys go around here really quick if you could. Give me your name. Let everybody know what position you play to and also what year you are in school. Uh, Eric Jamison, senior, and I play left defense. Uh, Matthew Pasquitz, uh, center and grade 12, senior. I'm Cameron Seitzma. I play defense, and I'm uh, in grade 11 right now. And I guess I should ask you guys, too, tell me where you're each from real quick here, too. Uh, I'm from Calgary, Alberta. I'm also from Calgary, Alberta. I'm from Surrey, B.C. So three guys all from Canada, and what I guess I didn't realize, we did a similar interview a few years ago. At the time, a lot of the players on this team were going right down the street to Everett High School. Eric, that's not the case anymore, is it? How many of the guys on this team actually go and physically attend a school around here? Uh, none of them. We all do uh, online ever since uh, COVID. It's only been online. So, What has that experience been like for you guys? Obviously, it's a little bit more challenging. Everybody got a little taste of it for a while, and I think most people were ready to get rid of it when COVID went away. You guys are still doing it. Uh, is it more beneficial? Do you kind of miss being in a school? What, what's the experience been like for you? Uh, yeah, obviously you miss the school atmosphere and just kind of being around uh, other students and having direct access to teachers. Uh, but uh, being online uh, works better around uh, the schedule here. So after a day of practice and whatnot, you can go home, get your school done, and we have resources here that can help with any questions and stuff we have. So, Matthew, he mentioned not having access to teachers necessarily. Do your teachers stay in touch with you quite often? Is it a lot of emailing back and forth? What is it like when you're talking to your teachers back home? It is uh, It's a bit of a challenge. Uh, it's a lot of emails, maybe Zoom calls here and there, but you know, trying to fit it in the school hours when they can answer is a bit of a challenge, but they make it work and they understand what we're doing. 
are the teachers pretty understanding there? Because I would, I would think that maybe on some level, being that the Junior League is so popular up in Canada, I would think a lot of the, the schools know about what you guys are going through. And are they accommodating for the most part? And do you ever have some challenges in that regard? Yeah, they are very accommodating. Um, especially they're very flexible with uh, due dates because they understand that you can only do it at some points. So they do understand and they are very flexible with it. So Cameron, are you actually taking Zoom classes sometimes? Are you able to listen in on teachers during the day? Obviously you guys, you have your workouts, your routines, you're traveling a lot. How much interaction are you actually having maybe even with some of the other students in class or are you having any right now? Yeah, so for me, I don't do any Zoom calls. My, my, uh, all my interaction is with my teacher by email. That's the only way I talk to her, her or him. And then uh, every once in a while for an assignment, there's uh, some sort of interaction with other online students. So that's kind of the, the way you get to interact, but you never actually get to talk to them face-to-face -face or on a Zoom. You're just kind of typing back and forth and um, just sharing perspectives on uh, different sort of things. So I didn't get a chance to ask you guys this before the interview started, and maybe I'll see if anybody wants to show me a hand. Did anybody actually physically go to a school around here before COVID, or you all got here afterwards? So I got three of you that all came along afterwards. Have you guys, Eric, have you had a chance to talk to any of the other players that maybe came through the system and went through the process sooner? And do you, do you kind of wish you could have uh, maybe gone to one of the local schools? Or do you feel like you missed some of that interaction sometimes? Uh, I definitely feel like I've missed some of that interaction, but... Uh, uh, I'm doing the school that I went to last year and all that, and I'll be able to go back once the season's over. So I'm happy with being able to do that. Well, and yeah, I was going to ask that question too, Matthew. So how does that work when you actually do go back to your school? Do you just slide right back into the classroom and, and just business as usual? So for my school, I'm doing it through my school district. So I'll go back in person, but there is an online program within the school. So I'll go in, check in with my teacher. You know, he'll look at my timeline where I'm at with class and I just work online, but actually in person. Do you guys get a chance to meet local kids, other kids your age? I mean, obviously you guys are spending so much time together. I think that might be the one trade-off, right? Because I know talking to some of the players in the past and when they were at Everett High School, some of the students would come out and watch them play and they had a lot of friends there. Do you guys feel like you're missing that on some level sometimes? Yeah, I think for sure. I think it would kind of be beneficial to, you know, go to the school and you meet new people um, kind of in the area and get to know them. But, uh, you know, I think there's maybe every once in a while, you know, person you, you get to know around here you go to an event or we end up doing something but I think for the most part that's kind of something we miss out on. So what does a day look like in terms of study and obviously or maybe you can kind of fit it into your routine anyway you guys I'm sure are doing some lifting are you doing that in the mornings are you studying in the afternoons does the team have anything set up for you guys to do? Uh, yeah we have uh, study halls usually after we're done all our practicing and lifting for the day usually we'll practice first and then uh, have a lift and then after that, guys in high school stay for hour and a half, two hours uh, after for uh, yeah, studying. You guys have some older guys on the team too, right? 19, 20-year-olds. Do those guys help you out at all? Or are they kind of, once they're done with it, you guys are all laughing. So I'm guessing once school works done for them, they're, uh, you guys are on your own, right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. They, uh, they are supportive, but, you know, they don't really give us extra information or study tips. <laughs> Are they giving you guys a hard time? Like, yeah, have fun with that. I'm done with it. I've been there, done that. Yeah, well, I'm living with one of the older guys, so he's always bugging me about it, saying, oh, have fun with that. I'm already done. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, kind of frustrating sometimes. You go home and 
you got to sit there and do schoolwork for a couple hours, but it is what it is, right? Well, you guys mentioned that you guys have study hall. Now, just one of the coaches going to help run that, or do they kind of pull you guys in and out when it, when it works for your schedules? Are you guys doing that individually, or is it a big group thing? Or Yeah, so usually, uh, Eric said, you know, after practice and workouts, we um, – we uh, have the study hall, but then on top of that, um, most of the guys go home and we end up doing uh, doing homework and studying in school uh, once we get back to our billet houses. So it's kind of on, on our own time once once the study hall is over. Okay, enough talk about the education thing. I do want to ask you a few other things. First of all, you mentioned the billet house. Eric, what is it like to actually be at the age that you're at right now and to be living away from family and living in another country for that matter and constantly traveling? I mean, is it? You, I would imagine you kind of grow up faster, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. I got a little taste of it last year. I was up a few times and I stayed in a few different billet houses, but uh, it's my first full year doing that. And uh, yeah, I've definitely matured a lot. And uh, yeah. Okay, so I got to ask you also, you get picked, I mean, most folks don't realize this, but you get drafted, so you don't necessarily pick where you're going to go. And, and maybe I'll throw this open in case one of you maybe has a better answer than the others, but you first hear that you're going to Everett, Washington. Uh, initial impression and uh, what, and how much has it lived up to maybe what your initial thoughts were yeah um so for me i don't know i was kind of at the time last year when i got drafted i was uh injured i was just skating around and uh kind of had an open practice and uh, i was kind of watching the draft on my phone you know going to check every couple of seconds and you see everett and you're like it's kind of on the u it's in the u.s division so it's not really inside of the western part of you know canada so it's definitely kind of like, whoa, like, where is that? And, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely once you're here, it's super nice, and the fans are, uh, fans are super loud, so it's, it's good. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about that, too, because obviously uh, the Canadian fans are a little more used to the, the game of hockey than we are. We're starting to get there, though. We've got the Kraken now and everything else. What has the fan support been like for you guys? I mean, it's amazing. They always are supportive. They, you know, they know you by your first name, and it's kind of cool that they know you and uh, – but, yeah, they're really good, really loud, and they treat you really well, so it's good. And now, the longest bus ride you guys have been on this year, where was that at? Uh, it was our uh, eastern swing, so from here to Winnipeg. So how far is Winnipeg from here, time-wise? <laughs> like, how, how far is it? 18-ish hours, maybe Eight. a bit more. 18 or 20. So what do you guys do to pass time on a bus ride for 18 or 20 hours? Is there a lot of sleeping, games? I mean, Obviously, nowadays, you got your phones and your computers and everything else what are you what's a good way to pass time i think it depends person to person but for me school sleep you know maybe watch a movie or two but you know it's a lot of i feel like that's a time where you have the chance to do the school and that's where i kind of lean to any fun stories that we can share along the uh, the, the bus paths this year anything that we can actually talk about on the radio or <laughs> fa favorite moment i don't got anything <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you guys sleep well on the buses? No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> it's hard, especially when you're sitting next to someone. You know, there's no room. One person may go on the floor, and one get, person gets the chair, but it's, it's kind of hard. Yeah, have a little fun with you here. What if you guys each tell me about the other person that you're next to here? I'll just go right down the line here. Tell me something, Eric. I'm going to have you talk about Matthew. What, what makes him a great player? What makes him a great teammate? Uh, I've played with Matthew for quite a few years. Obviously, we're both from Calgary, and... Uh, He's a great player. He has a nose for the net and goes to the right area. So, uh, yeah. Hey, Matthew, you get to talk about Cameron. I mean, met him this year. Um, obviously, D-man, not my position. But from what I see, he's a hardworking guy. And, you know, he's always doing that extra lift, extra workout, um, you know, staying on the ice longer than everyone else just to get better. So that's re really good for him. Do the position players kind of stick together? 
a bit here and there. There's kind of two groups, but overall it's a, one group as a whole. There you go. Cameron, I'm going to have you swing it back around. Tell me about Eric. Yeah, this is, uh, this is my first year with him. We played, we played against each other last year, though. Um, but together this year, and I think he, yeah, he just works hard. We're always, me and him kind of work together on the ice, and he's always, uh, he's always working hard. We're pushing each other. So, yeah, he's uh, hardworking and uh, good defensive, good defenseman on the ice. So, yeah. Okay, final question. I'll ask each one the same thing. Season's almost over. Fan appreciation night, last game of the year this weekend. You got the playoffs next week. First thing you're looking forward to, or maybe something you're looking the most forward to when you go back home. It's probably been a while since you've been back there. So what are you looking most forward to when you get back? Uh, well, kind of what the topic of this uh, interview is about, uh, going back to in-person at school and seeing all my buddies because uh, there's lots of guys who are kind of in the same boat. Uh, away playing junior hockey and then they're going to be coming back to play school or go to school so I'll be seeing all of them and have a lot of fun catching up with them and stuff like that so yeah that was that was Eric there how about Matthew I would say the exact same thing as him and I would also add that um, you know just working out and being with a group of guys that play for different teams it's kind of cool to just you know chat see what everybody was up to and yeah it's really nice nice little summarize of the season and catch up with everybody how about you yeah i think just getting home seeing family and friends after so long you get to see them maybe once or twice throughout the season come to the games chat after but for the most part you don't really get to catch up with them and then i think just uh, kind of being in your own bed and at home it's just nothing like it really it's just different kind of being here so. absolutely well we've certainly enjoyed having these guys here again silver tips heading to the playoffs beginning next week against portland eric matthew cameron thank you very much for your time best wishes to you thank you, thank you. there you go three of the everett silver tips are still in high school thanks to our guest this evening it was joel boyer the head coach of the Snohomish girls tennis team we also had head coach Dan Teeter, former head coach Dan Teeter, and the new head coach of the Lakewood Cougars, Adam McShane, on the show this evening. And then the three Everett Silvertips players, Eric Jamison, Cameron Seitzma, and Matthew Paskowitz. Thanks again to those guys for being on the show with us. Just a reminder, next week's Prep Sports Weekly radio show will be heard immediately following the Western Hockey League playoff game. That's next Monday. That's between the Silvertips and the Portland Winterhawks. Airtime about 10 o'clock. That is next Monday night. The Silvertips get underway with the playoffs on Friday night in Portland for Game 1, Round 1, 6.30 pregame, 7.05 faceoff. All the playoff games right here on KRKO. Today's show brought to you by Smoky Point Concrete, the Buzz-In Steakhouse, Community Transit, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Mike Dixon, Farmers Insurance, Screen Printing Northwest, Move Fitness, Marysville Toyota, Everett Engineering, Dave & Buster, Snohomish County PUD, Glass by Lunch, Lake Stevens Ace Hardware Store, and by Most Steer Clear from the Washington State Traffic Safety Commission. For Steve Willits, I'm Tom Lafferty. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now. More of Everett's greatest hits. K-I-K-O.
The Knack, My Sharona. K-R-K-O!